Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3, and more. All on the hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Hello. Shout out to Fetty Wap. I am Zach Seward. You're watching the hash here on Coindesk TV, and we are the hash. We got Jensen Assey. We got Wendy O. We got Will Foxley. We got the news of the day to get to here in crypto land. And we are starting off with Wendy O with some news out of Aptos. What's going on, Wendy? I was actually just listening to Fetty Watt before we j- started the show this morning. So. Wow. Yay. Wow. Great Same minds. wavelength. Amazing. Yeah, me and Zach are just two trap queens just hanging out. Anyways, I digress. I digress. Will and, <laughs> and I were talking about beekeeping before the show mm-hmm. started. So really? you guys are definitely wow. the cooler <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are going to make us honey for our trap house. We'll have a honey trap house. Ooh, there we go. Nice. I like it. I like it. Ooh, it's healthy. That's nice. All right. We got to get into it. This is serious, guys. We got to merge over from the honey trap houses to the technology because apparently Microsoft and Aptos Labs collaborate on new AI blockchain solutions. So they plan, Aptos plans to expand its tools and services using Microsoft's artificial AI tech. Aptos is a layer one, which if you guys didn't know, it is. So just giving, giving that to you. Um, it was started by former Facebook employees to bring the company scrapped DM project or Libra to life. That was that pesky stable coin. And I think that we mentioned that yesterday on the show as well. Um, and um, I think Will could probably do a history corner on how it got smacked down by the public servants <laughs> way back when. Um, also, Aptos will leverage Microsoft's infrastructure to deploy new offerings that combine AI and blockchain. And it's going to include a new chatbot called Aptos Assistant. And it will answer questions about Aptos ecosystem and provide helpful resources to devs building smart contracts and dApps. So this is more of a developer's tool from what it sounds like to me. I probably wouldn't use it because I'm not a dev and I have no interest in any way, shape or form in becoming a developer because it's a completely different beast and nothing but love and respect to all the devs. We wouldn't be here without you. I do want to toss this over to um, my fellow trap queen, Zach, for some commentary. Sure, let's do this thing. The move wars, right? The move wars are very much the subtext of this conversation, right? So you had all these guys and girls who were over at Libra doing the DM project. It disbanded and into the world was birthed the move programming language. It was an open source technology 
And now we have two kind of competing layer one projects, Aptos and SWE, bringing this top technology to market. Now, a lot of people say this is a good programming language, is a good framework for making sort of mainstream ready blockchain applications, be that gaming, NFTs, what have you, right? So all of a sudden, I think you have a race of two really um, potentially important players in the market trying to get their name out there by any means possible. And one of the, one of the, one of the most tried and true ways to do that is to partner with a big name Web2 brand. I see Will laughing because I know which project he's going to mention when I stop talking. But this is something that we've seen time and time again, where Web2 says, okay, we'll do a little something, something. We'll suggest that we have a little bit of buy-in into what you guys are building. And we'll see where it goes. And I think this one is certainly, again, around dev tools, which is great. It's all about getting developers onto these various largely undeveloped base layers. Um, so hopefully that will move the needle for Aptos. But this is a playbook that I think is, is familiar to longtime observers in this space when it comes to upstart crypto project, teaming with longstanding and well-established Web2 brands. Sometimes it leads to good stuff. Sometimes nothing really much materializes out of it. But there is a lot of excitement, at least in the short term, that investors are seeking to capitalize on. So I'm going to, I saw Jen, but I'll, I'll throw it to Just Jen. Just give I'll throw it, it to, to Jen. Will. No, no, no. Give no, it to no, my fellow no, Jen first. No, no, Jen first. Jen okay, first. Okay, yeah. I'll go first. I will go first. Yesterday, Queen we B. spoke about AI making people's jobs easier, right? And I think this challenge that we have in this industry is we're building consumer-facing apps. We're building apps that people need to use. And we want people to build those who have built apps before that people have used. And those people have been building in Web2. I know in Web3 Gaming, this is uh, a big challenge for, for uh, companies that are developing Web3 games is how do we get Web2 developers to come over here and build games that people actually want to play? I'm sure that this challenge exists in other uh, sectors as well. And I think that if AI can help solve that problem, if AI can make development and creating Web3 apps and these different ecosystems easier, I am all for it. I think getting Microsoft behind it, you know, a big Web2 player, big player and like building up the infrastructure for Web2 to be a partner, even if I don't know uh, what capacity they are a partner in this, but even if it is just the name, I think that helps build trust. And if I come back to just my experience working in Web3 gaming, that trust is really important when you're trying to attract developers. We talk so much about attracting users, but when we're attracting developers, that trust is important. And so I think that this is a good news story and we're probably going to see a lot more. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are more announcements uh, when it comes to Microsoft empowering these ecosystems with AI. Well, you guys are going to make me the bad person. I'll be the bad person. Okay. <laughs> this it. is the last salvo of a dying layer one chain. They don't have anything left in the armories. They're shooting so. off the Microsoft press release. I actually, I agree. I agree as well. Like every layer one that you forget about year so. after year. This mm -hmm. is what they do. You know, I'm waiting for the Amazon one next. And guess what? Mm -hmm. They're running a node. They have an AI <laughs> chat bot. That's not a project. That's not serious. Come on. Everyone does this. Everyone does this. And then they're irrelevant. 90 days later, 180 days later, whatever. The whole project, the move wars, it failed. The whole idea behind it failed. No one cares about SWE and Aptos at this point. That's the kiddies table. If you want to play on the, on the real chains, the real uh, things like Ethereum, then you're going to have to step up and you can't be doing like these Amazon, these Microsoft announcements. I think we're moved past this. Like we've done this and we've seen this way, way too many times. Wendy? I agree Ooh. with you 100%. I don't see what the big deal about this AI chatbot for developers is. Like how many developers on Aptos is there? 
times. There would be five. more maybe if there was a chat bot for them to be able to create smart contracts easier. So, All right. Just like Will said, we're going to wait for the Google partnership. We're going to wait for the Amazon partnership. We're going to wait for the McDonald's it'll, it'll partnership. Happen. You just Taco watch. Bell, please sponsor the show. We need you. Let's wait for the Taco Bell AI chat bot um, order thing so you don't have to go through the drive-thru. The market begs to differ. The, the, the Aptos token APT search 15% on the news according to the reporting back. Wow, it's desk, a so. bear market price action. Wow. Oh my gosh, wow. 15%. I thought wow. that we oh had God. partners here. I thought that you and Wendy were building the Plot trap twist. house. Plot Will twist. and I were going to become beekeepers. And You're now they've left down us. The bee trap house. Hey, hey. It's benefit of the doubt versus doom and gloom down here. You know, benefit of the doubt. We'll see what happens. It's too early. Come on. I'm with you. I'm going with that. Yikes. Yikes. Gotta wait and see. Gotta wait and see. What's the point of documenting right. this entire industry if we just like we can't learn from lessons of the past, right, Zach? Like, what's the point? We're here it's day in day it's out. A good point. It's a good point. It's a good it's, point. It, if you're Things in crypto, change. if you are in crypto, you either have mental illness or you're a masochist. Nothing else. Or both. Or both. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about let's talk about an announcement that just happened eight minutes ago when we started this show based coinbase's layer two blockchain is now live and available for all the goal for the project which we've spoken about on the show before is to bring the next million builders and billion users on chain and accelerate DeFi. they hope to make it easier for anyone to explore and interact with dApps, fast speeds and secure transactions settled on ethereum wendy i will pass this off to you are you going to be exploring base uh, kind of, but if I do explore, like we'll talk about it on the show. I always, on my show, um, the O show, everything crypto and NFTs every day over on YouTube. Sorry, I got to plug myself live stream daily at 10 a.m. PST. We'll talk about like these major news stories that pop up, but as far as exploring base, I will probably do that privately. Um, the reason why is I feel like there's going to be a lot of very interesting and fun projects there that are extremely risky. And probably a lot of them will be rug pulls because that's what happens in crypto. And we don't talk about that stuff on my channel unless we're doing like coin requests. So I'll probably take a look into it, um, but do do it more so privately and just cover these types of stories. But I mean, what makes base different than any other layer two? Do you want to find out? Let's dive into it. This is actually a great story to follow up what we just talked about a second ago with a layer one that uh, brought in a lot of talent from the Libra project, brought in like this new software with Move and all that. Big announcement, big token launch back in the fall, kind of sputtered out very quickly. Coinbase went the other way. They could have launched something like a BSC. They could have launched their own layer one. But no, they looked at Ethereum. They looked at some of the layer ones that are out there that already have that first mover advantage, that already have the network effect. And they said, why don't we just build on top of it and save ourselves a lot of trouble? Like there's a lot of problems with layer ones because of scalability issue. But if you start building these layer twos, like base on top of it, well, you start, sort of solve your problem and you're able to make a business as well. Coinbase is going to rake in a lot of fees from this project if it is sustainable, if there's a lot of projects building on top of it, if dApps, NFTs, DeFi projects choose to move on top of base. Now, the question there, of course, is like a regulatory one, right? Because this is a layer two that is apparently not really controlled by Coinbase, especially if you look at the bald incident from the last month, which did happen on top of base. And if the SEC or someone else comes in and is like, hey, we don't like that you're building this, that could certainly hurt the revenue. But I like the fact that Coinbase looked at the market and said, we don't want to build a layer one competitor. We want to build on top of Ethereum. We want to build on top of the stuff that's already here. Zach? Yeah, the layer two stuff. And again, like 
uh, a lot of chatter around optimism, I think is super fascinating, right? You have uh, these layer twos that are ultimately, you know, and again, the mechanics of each of them is somewhat different, but are ultimately settling to the primary layer one in the smart contract space, which is still Ethereum. And there's a lot of people saying, okay, this is the path forward for developing on-chain experiences that benefit from the security of Ethereum, but also benefit from fast, cheap transactions that are, again, mainstream ready. So the fact that Coinbase is at least stewarding the launch of this thing and doing so on an L2 really suggests to me that this could be the model for future launches going forward, right? We may see less of these alt L1s spring up and capture mindshare, and we may see more of these L2s spring up for various sort of custom purposes that then settle back to the shared security layer of the Ethereum base chain. So I think Coinbase is pretty savvy in understanding that maybe this is where things are going and that they're putting their weight behind it as it relates to building sort of the on-chain experiences of the future, you know, as opposed to, you know, doing the Binance Smart Chain route, right? Which is, I think, is a Cosmos SDK chain, uh, but is kind of its own thing, right? So the idea that they are sort of supportive of this L2 vision, I think is pretty interesting. And you have them sort of, again, touting this sort of on-chain summer messaging, like campaign around this stuff. And it's gonna be really interesting to see, they have some big name partners lined up. It's gonna be interesting to see like what Coca-Cola is doing, for instance, what kind of mainstream friendly consumer-ready applications are ultimately built on base and how that, again, onboards or not people to the broader ecosystem. I think that's still really the open, open question. Does this onboard people into other aspects of the on-chain economy or do people just end up being siloed here? Either way, I think is probably fine, but it's interesting to see what the user behavior will be. At least that's what I'm looking for. Uh, Wendy, I think I saw your hand actually. What's up? I just wanted to make a comment. I wonder behind the scenes how they did like how they plan to launch this legally and and working alongside their legal department because let's face it coinbase is leading this charge against the sec now um and they're pretty much fighting for all of crypto which i appreciate that but i'm really curious to see their internal documents with legal like how should we launch this is this a good idea do you think it's a less chance of being a security just those types of things and again that's just speculation from my end as to what topics were covered with them but I think it'd be pretty interesting to see how they decided to do that. And if the SEC will go after Coinbase for base as an unregistered security or who knows what else. I love that Coinbase still launched this while they're getting sued by the SEC. I don't know if you all, I know, right? So defiant, very cool. Um, if you remember that Senate bill, I don't remember when we chatted about it, but you know, the Senate is talking about wanting to regulate DeFi like a bank. I am curious about how the rollout of base will inform the conversations about regulation, Zach, like, like you brought up, like maybe we'll see regulators try and go after Coinbase and realize through doing that, that they can't stop some of the things that are going on here. And that will change the course of, of discussion when we talk about, you know, regulation when it comes to DeFi uh, in the US. And I want to mention the mainstream brands, Zach, you brought up Coca-Cola, also Atari and OpenSea are participating in this on-chain summer campaign that they have going on. I'm curious to see how many users that this campaign will actually bring, right? Coinbase has been really good at seeing where people are building, seeing what's happening, seeing what's on trend, trying things out, discontinuing them if it's maybe not working out. The one I think about is when they were launching that um, trilogy with the Board Ape Yacht Club that I think they paused in 2022. This is obviously very different, but they've been very good at looking at what's on trend where things are going and trying it out, I will be very curious to see how many people actually use the product. And a disclosure, I contribute to a DAO that is announcing a partnership with Base today. Whoa. Woo. Can I, Whoa, nice plug. Can I snag this really quick? <laughs> yeah, snag it. Last thoughts. 
Last thought. To my knowledge, base itself does not have a token, but there is a base token out there that's not affiliated with the whole project. Rebase token that's pumping surprise. on the news is up about 10%. The funny thing um, about it is rebase token is a rebased token, which means that it increases the supply based on the demand of the token. And so are people scary. who are buying this are going to get rugged by the protocol itself. It's a little DeFi summer throwback for the story. That's Ooh, good I remember stuff those. Right those were so yep. much fun. I just lost just, money all the time. I'm going to stay on the rap theme today, guys. I'm going to throw it back to Little B, the base god. Shout out to Little B. All right, that's it. First <laughs> half of the show in the books. Grimes, the techno artist and one-time partner of Elon Musk, says she made more money from NFTs than she has from her entire musical career. That's according to a new report from Wired where they sat down with Grimes. She's also a huge fan of AI, Web3, and anything to do with the internet. So this isn't entirely surprising. I think it sort of shows you the depth of what the NFT market were during the height and glory days of the 2021 bull market. Grimes apparently made about $6 million in revenue just from one of her NFT project launches. She's looking forward to a future where NFTs are back in the spotlight saying, quote, I'm sad about what happened to NFTs in crypto because it got polluted fast with people trying to make as much money as possible. But I do want to think about compensating artists, especially digital artists, and I hope when the aggro niche dies down, we can come back. I hope we can all come back. Wendy, this feels like a story for you, so I'm going to toss it your way. This makes me so happy that she's profited using NFTs because I have been bullish on NFTs since I found out that they were for people to have ownership, especially real creatives. I'm not really a real creative. I'm more like an entertainer because I'm just an idiot on the internet. But I'm talking about musicians. I'm talking about writers. I'm talking about people that pour their heart and souls. I guess I kind of pour my heart and souls into my my content, but that's neither here nor there. Um, But I've just known so many musicians throughout my entire life that have gone absolutely screwed by the music industry because there's so many different aspects of the royalties and the licensing and everything gets pieced out with all the different songs. So with NFTs, it actually allows these real artists, these real creatives to make a living and to actually have ownership and to sell them for what they want and to be able to determine how much, you know, what percentage of this license or what percentage of this royalty they're going to make or give to their fans. And I think it's just an absolutely amazing thing. And it makes me so happy to see artists actually be able to utilize this NFT technology. And it's kind of similar to Bitcoin. Bitcoin allows you to own your own money and NFTs allow you to own your own work. I think it's amazing. I'm super happy for her. And I'm very excited for the music men in the future when it comes to NFTs. That's good stuff. No, it's a good take. I think the creator economy use case for NFTs is still very relevant. And I hope this sort of article helps people sort of uh, open their eyes again to the promise of what some of this stuff can be, right? Uh, As Wendy mentioned, it's about direct relationships with your fan base, direct ownership of that relationship, and cool and engaging ways to interact with that fan base that you can't really do with existing biz, uh, music business models. So I think Grimes, again, very she's a futurist at heart, right? She's always sort of thinking on the cutting edge of technology as seen in her embrace of AI and other things. So the fact that she was able to jump on this early and really use it in a way that was true to her brand I think ultimately sort of is why it was likely successful, right? You saw a lot of people, I think, at the height of NFT mania rushing in. It didn't feel right. It it felt clunky. It was kind of a ham-fisted attempt to get in on this new cash grab. But for people like Grimes, where I think the artist was in line with the technology and what this technology enabled, um, it is cool to see that there was actual uh, gains that, quote, you know, changed her life, right? So um, to see this play out, I think, should open, again... Uh, people's eyes to the case for a Web3 powered creator economy, whether that's music NFTs, whether that's uh, fan engagement, you name it. Um, I think there is a lot of there there that unfortunately got sort of subsumed by the hype. 
and left a lot of people with a bad taste in their mouth. So the idea that Grimes is out here talking about this, I think, again, suggests that maybe there's some better version of what we saw last time where this clicks at a bigger scale. I just have to chime in really quick and say, like, this is a this is an evolving technology. Like NFTs are still very much in beta. And again, Bitcoin is still very much in beta, in my personal opinion. I feel like it's going to take a lot of work. Probably the next 10 years, next five to 10 years, we'll see a lot of progress with NFTs. But again, like we're, we're merging over from this world where people relied on um, record labels and and managers and all these things to do things for them. And now we have this amazing tool called social media where people can actually promote themselves and connect with their audience themselves. And now we have NFTs that kind of bring in the aspect of, you know, not needing a manager, not needing a record label, going viral on the internet, and then actually being able to own your content, being able to piece that, piece it out and sell it however you seem or however you think or you're comfortable with. So again, we're still super early. I think that we will make it happen. But all these 10,000 generative um, profile pictures, all this crap, it's just a bunch of crap. That's what it is. And it's very similar to um, meme coins and all that stuff. But again, we're operating in a true decentralized economy and pretty much anything goes. I love it. Wendy, you said exactly what I was going to say way more in a much more articulate way. I think NFTs are the are part of the natural evolution of the creator economy. And I love that Grimes is out here talking about this, especially as we have writers and actors who are out protesting these business models that have kind of preyed on creators for so long. And so I think that this is awesome. And I think that despite trading volumes being low, there are people who are building things that are going to make this really easy for creators, for musicians, for artists to build projects that are going to allow them to own their content. And they're going to allow them to build businesses and market that uh, market the, those NFTs and that content. And so I think it's cool. And I can't wait for the next bull cycle because I think some of those projects are going to come to life. And we're going to see some really cool stuff happen. All right, I'll take it. We got a few minutes to talk about the Fed. Let's go from the creator economy to the Federal Reserve. The Fed starts a new program to oversee how US banks are interacting with the crypto economy. This kind of comes in the wake of the PayPal stablecoin news, which I think is an interesting note. And I think this is a fascinating story because I can just imagine all the conversations behind the scenes that are not captured in this story, but are clearly happening in DC and New York. I'm thinking of Caitlin Long and Custodia Bank and others in the digital asset space who are fighting for more clear rules of the road as it relates to how they can do business in concert with the uh, US banking system. I'm going to throw this straight to Will for his thoughts. Um, interesting development, kind of interestingly timed. Hard to say if one is in response to the other. Probably not, I would guess. But clearly, crypto as it relates to the recent banking crisis uh, was certainly a topic of a conversation a few months ago. What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely it was. I think we move on from stories so quickly, but what happened back in February with those three banking failures and their relation to crypto definitely has repercussions for a lot of these people in the traditional financial world, and especially those in government who are looking at these things and thinking, hey, probably don't want to run that one back again. And they often have a different angle than people in Bitcoin and crypto do. So they're going to study this, come to some conclusions, and probably pass some laws and regulations that people in Bitcoin don't like, gasp, that probably going to occur. Uh, at the same time that we have this headline here, we also have three bills shuffling their way in Washington, D.C. We have a DeFi bill, a stablecoin bill, uh, and I believe one other, which is I'm blanking on right now. But there are three bills going through different parts of the House and Senate committees, and those are going to change how we view all these topics. The Fed, it seems, is moving a little bit quicker and different angle. You know, they have a regulatory body. They're able to do some things on the side. They mostly seem to be concerned about stable coins and allowing banks to use stable coins and having oversight into that. 
I would suppose that stablecoins become part of banking within the next five years, like a pretty mainstream part of it for most banks, uh, especially with the PayPal announcement yesterday. But the Fed is definitely going to get its pound of flesh here. They're definitely going to look into it and have a ton of oversight over everything. Jen? I heard a big sigh from Wendy, so I want to know what's behind that. Um, There's not really a big sigh, too big of a sigh. Um, It's more so how many different stable coins are we going to have in the United States of America? We have one fiat currency, and I feel like we're going to have all of these different stable coins. It's going to get very confusing because the government is just going to keep printing money out. We're not really going to know what the total supply of all this stuff is because it's going to keep changing. And I don't, I'm, I, I, I'm not really getting a good read on what is happening. Like the title, Fed starts new program to oversee crypto activity in U.S. banks. But it feels more so for stable coins, not for actual crypto assets. And don't we need regulation for crypto assets first before we need regulation for stable coins? Because those seem a lot easier to regulate because it's how much cash reserves you have, how many bonds, how many assets, how much, you know, what is, what is the printing mechanism? What is, the, there, is there a burning mechanism? So it feels like it's much easier to regulate stable coins, but what about crypto assets? That's the big, that's the big question. That's the big $1 trillion question as this asset class continues into the future. All right, we'll leave it there. It's a nice little closing thought by me. Thanks, guys. I'm Zach Seward. It's Wendy O. We got Will Foxley, Jen Sanasi. We're The Hash. You're watching us live on Coindesk TV, or you're checking us out on the Coindesk Podcast Network. That's also cool. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks so much. Bye now. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcast at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.